Welcome to Slacker Motor Radio with Brad and Addison. Based out of the Pacific Northwest, we're talking motorcycles and the motorcycle community, and we're excited to have this hour with you. Here we go. How you guys doing? I'm doing great. How's Addison doing? I'm good. I'm good. Had a good week. Had a good weekend. The weather was good. This week we've got Dennis with us. The long lost episode one, Dennis. Lost under suspicious circumstances. That's. <laughs> I, I hear that there's controversy behind it. That uh, Brad was to blame for everything. It's usually the case. <laughs> <laughs> I like your studio. Yeah? Thank you. You put the big time. Oh yeah, we, we put all kinds of effort into this. Mm-hmm. Set up and tear down every single time. That is true. <laughs> it could be more convenient if we didn't have to set up every time. Or had notes and, and things with us much more conveniently than we do now. Yeah, I brought a notepad today. Good for you. Yeah. That's what that's what Dennis meant by big time. Yeah, I'm just gonna be able to You have you a know, branded notepad too. Doodle while we're while we're recording. This should be good. Everybody will be able to see what I'm doing. That's true. Because whatever you draw, I'm taking a picture of. <laughs> and we're putting it online. <laughs> Nonetheless, you guys do anything fun this weekend? I was over in Central Oregon, uh, near uh, Antelope, Oregon. Heard you were out for the weekend. It was partying with the Rajneesh. I was in that uh, facility, but it's no longer a Rajneesh facility. What you laughing Dennis gave you a bit of a weird look there. Yeah, so I was at the Washington Family Ranch at yep. a, a boot camp event with yeah. some other men from the church. And I've heard about that place. I, that I, sounds cool. It is. It's a Young Life facility, and it is over-the-top amazing. Just in general, what is there and the money that's been sunk into that and uh, the experiences that a lot of young kids can get. Of course, I was up there with, with some older men, and, and it wasn't quite the same as what a maybe high school or junior higher would go through but uh it was it was awesome no cell service for three days just out there growing so it was good a lot of fun what about you dennis what'd you do over the weekend uh i went dirt biking yesterday that was probably the highlight okay around uh, hood river pinemont went to hood river all right so you've uh you've migrated you went hood river spent a lot of time down at brown's camp area yeah, There's a number of camps over there, Lida Browns, all that, but that Tillamook Forest. Yeah, Hood River's my favorite, but if they close Hood River. Hood River for fire season, which they do every year, then I usually move over to the coast range. Okay. Because it stays wetter over there, and they generally yeah. don't close it for fire season. If they do, it's not very long. I think it's the reverse close. Well, <clears> the <throat> Hood River gets closed for winter, too, usually. Yeah, Hood River will get they iced, both. iced in, yeah. Yeah, they both get shut down in the winter. Tillamook doesn't generally. They're technically open. Yeah, there'll be there'll be opportunities in the in the winter. There always are. All right. We get you know low precipitation for a couple of weeks, which we always do. Sure. Sometime in January. Yeah, usually, usually early January. Usually stops raining and maybe the sun comes out even. And well, I don't know. Now you're wishful <laughs> thinking. <laughs> I don't know about that. And there's opportunities. It's always gray here. Nobody moves to the northwest because it's gray. Remember that. This side of the mountain. Let's let's be clear here. Oh, All sorry. over the mountain. We've got the uh, eastern part of the state represented yeah, here we as got well. The, the <laughs> desert. Yeah. The sand flea over here. Yeah. Out I, from uh, the desert. I'll claim it every day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, he's right. The dry side over there. It is true. I guess, what, two years in a row now we've run our, mm-hmm. our rides that way. Yep. Just to get out of the rain. You get a lot of snow and other things, but it's not the same as being over here. That's for sure. Less green over there. Depends on the time of the year. Still pretty, though. Juniper is green. Some parts of it are blue. The month of juniper? Bluish green. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Then painted hills. That's an awesome area. Lots to do over on that side of the mountain. Northwest entirely. I mean, you've got... A lot in the Northwest that you can see. I know that that's always something that I, Dennis and I and Brad's been involved with these conversations. I've talked about this a lot of times. Of a lot of people come from around the world to ride our area out here, so it's uh, it's definitely a a good place to be. Whether you're on this side of the mountains or the uh, the other side, the deserty, yeah. dry, barren side. 
You're not getting as offended as I hoped, Brad. You can say all you want, man. <laughs> I still have pride in where I grew up. That's fair. That's good. So dirt biking. Now, have you done any big dirt bike trips? I haven't been with you as much this year. That being said, I don't go all that often in most years, but... Nothing like overnight, is that what you mean? Yeah, overnight or some of the bigger, yeah, bigger OHV areas outside of the Portland metro area. No, no, I've found that uh, at this stage I'm uh, pretty much happy just doing day rides. Okay. At my favorite local riding areas. There's plenty to do and see. Yep. Between uh, just across the river and Vancouver and... Hood River and Delmook, so... Alright, that's fair. I can be packed up and going in ten minutes. Yeah. Still takes a little while to get there. Nothing's that close. Oh, it takes a while to get there, but I can be leaving in ten minutes if I decide I want to go. Yeah, for a day ride, sure. Yeah. Sure. That's fair. And you ride with a couple of crews, so you get all kinds of... Now, do you generally do more single track, or...? Uh, a little of everything. Yesterday was single track. Okay. And I hadn't done that in a while because it was my, really my first time back at Pinemont. And there's a lot of single track there. Uh, but before that, it was a lot of double track. Just fun, flowy stuff. Some dirt roads. You been on a street bike lately? No. No? No. Track bike. Uh, that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. Now, you do a lot of track days. How many a year do you do? Uh, I guess weekends. Eight or ten days. Is that like five four, weekends? Four or? five weekends, okay. yeah. Okay. And you go, what, you've done the Ridge? This year alone, you've done the Ridge? Yeah, Oregon Raceway Park. Okay. And Thunder Hill next weekend. Okay, Thunder Hill's next week. I say, usually you shoot yeah. south. Yeah. That's next weekend? Yeah. Yeah, the weather will be good down there. Yeah. It's supposed to be moderately okay here, so it'll be awesome there. Yeah. Yeah, that's Forecast fair. for 80. 80 and sunny. Brad and I have been itching to... Find a, a track bike to come and tag along on one of these, and yeah, you're welcome. Really, to see how slow we are. You would enjoy it. I'm sure we would. We've recommended many a time on here. Everybody, get out and ride. Get your track. Go to a track day. Try it out if you've got a bike that can do it. I think you know it's my favorite thing on two wheels. That's fair. Dirt biking's close. It's close second, but track days at the top. So, where's your favorite track? For track days. I'd say ORP, Oregon Raceway Park. Why's that? It's uh, different. It's technical. It has a lot of elevation, a lot of direction change. Uh, not a lot of straightaway. A lot of blind corners. So it's just technical. Okay. So not, not, not super fast, it sounds like. It's fast enough. Sure. <laughs> All right. Now yeah, we, you contrast that, that with the Ridge, and the Ridge is a higher speed track, has a much longer straightaway. That's fun in itself, because mm-hmm. you can really open it up and uh, hold it there for a while, and then charge into turn one at a high speed, and that's fun. So they both have their their advantages. Okay. Had you tuned the bike differently at all between no. those two? No. That's do you know question. many, or do you go out with many that actually do a lot of modifications no. for these track days? No, these are just track days. Everybody's just having fun. Yeah, it's not like we're serious about racing or anything like that. Mm-hmm. I imagine if we were racing, we'd maybe run different gearing or different pressures and mm-hmm. tires, but we're just having fun. Yeah, everybody out there is just pretty chill. Do you uh, you track your your times? Do you keep track of yeah your PRs and all that? Yeah. Okay. Not all the time, but a lot of times. Yeah. I, I can imagine that some of the fun is is beating yeah. your own PR. Yeah. Obviously, conditions make a big right temperature and yes dampness a huge difference on what you can do. Yeah. The mornings okay. are going to be slow. Sure. Okay. Track is cold. Before it warms up. Yeah. So now then, do you journal the conditions? You're, so do you have this pretty cool notebook of I some do. sort? I have a logbook, yes. Uh-huh. uh-huh. That's awesome, actually. So you're doing some. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, that's what we're trained to do. So if you come to a track day and you go through the classroom series, you'll be trained 
to do the same thing. He'll actually give you a logbook and, and require you to do this. And then you'll find out for yourself what the advantages are. Sure. Okay. So and That's with MotoFit? Yeah. Okay. Find out for yourself what the advantages are. Right. Hmm. Okay. You'll have to come to find out. Oh, no one's going to tell us. I, oh, tell. I, I didn't know if it was oh. like because I'm reviewing my logbook, I'll see where the advantages are in the tracks and courses and conditions. Or there's a specific methodology, so oh. you'll you'll find out when you when you come and join us. It's a secret. And learn. Okay. Yeah, it's not a secret. Oh. But you have to come in order to. You have to give somebody money to find out. Uh, no, 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 no. It's not about that. Not, <laughs> not, 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 no, no, no. <laughs> jugular. It's like it's like giving you the uh, the plot of a movie. I don't want to do it. I don't want to give it away. It'll ru- it'll ruin it for you. Oh. Wait, he was dead the whole time. <laughs> He's always. <yeah. laughs> right. Fair enough. Sixth Sense. Oh well, spoiler yeah. alert. Yeah, <laughs> no one knew what we were talking about till then. Man, you can't just throw that out. You got to give a spoiler alert warning. Oh, you got to put that in. I'm sorry. Yeah, we'll we'll bleep that out. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nonetheless, so we've talked about track days, dirt biking, but what we wanted to talk about today a little bit is. And it relates to both of these, street, any kind of motorcycling, is the difference between going to your local dealer. I know this is a great transition, but going to your local dealer as opposed to buying online. And the benefits of one or the other, why you should do one and not the other. Kind of, I, I was curious everyone's opinions. I know that, Dennis, you had a little, a few thoughts on this, and so you were more than willing to join us. We appreciate that. Yeah, it's a great topic. But, uh, you know, it's something that, I guess I had to learn for me, I guess as a background, as, I, as I'm thinking about it and thought about this topic before we, we threw it out to kind of see if anybody wanted to, to join along was that, you know, when I first got into motorcycling, it was economy, right? The bike biking is more expensive than I wanted to believe, despite many warnings. Dennis, you were one that warned me. I was. Uh, as well, Brian, some other guys around here were, were very open that, you know, it, it seems cheaper, but it's not. Between tires and chains and other other maintenance items, you end up paying more. Um, so because of that, my gear and parts, and I, I found myself pinching pennies and buying a lot online. Um, you know, and at the time I had a brand new bike, so resources and options for customization and when it comes to wear items were very readily available. Right, it was pretty easy to just Google what goes on that bike on the on the brand new scrambler and the options it was easy to pick the right thing gear wise though i learned pretty quickly that it it wasn't that easy i made a lot of choices that i thought were fine and now have gotten on to my what third helmet and second jacket and different things like that that i realize what works and talking to the right person not necessarily going with what everybody says online but talking to the right person can be worth its weight in safety Right. I mean, I, I've got a jacket that fits better, that zips to the pants and, and is more of a suit. Right. I've got a helmet that I can tell the difference between too big and correct now. What seemed correct then was, I mean, if I even look back to my dirt bike helmet from five, six years ago, it's almost rattly. It needed to be replaced. You know, there, there's things that, that I've learned by working with someone that knows what they're talking about and has that experience. But I'm curious what uh, what your thoughts are on that. So obviously it has a benefit for a new rider to be able to talk with a professional. What about where you are now and knowing what you know now? Do you still find value in a in a in a brick and mortar store? So I do. I uh, I go there especially for parts, wear items, components, and and discussion on you know what's working or what they're going with, and the ability to quickly try new things possibly swap out older parts. I find myself going to specific stores, brick and mortar. I won't say that I would go to any shop because there are shops that I won't go to just because of one, either cost or two, you don't get any value other than what you're buying for that cost. There's not a ton of support. They're not, maybe they are knowledgeable, but not friendly and open to share that knowledge. 
too busy with other things because maybe the, you know, the shop, I do a lot of my own work. So maybe their money is in the service, not necessarily the part sales or the, you know, accessory sales. Um, however, for, you know, certain custom things, they're hard to find in a, in a local shop. So I, I will still go online for different things. I will still look for quality items that I can get from other sources online. But usually it's not as much the, the Moto Sport and the Revzillas like it was when I first started riding. It was a lot of Cycle Gear, Moto Sport, and Revzilla, which are all good online retailers. And yep. Cycle Gear, you can even go in on in-house and look. Yep, that's right. Um, but I found that the quality of Cycle Gear's in-house stuff wasn't necessarily what I wanted. I still have some of it that I wear, but... Um, you know, it's nice to have that person to talk to as well as somewhere to go if there's a problem. I bought my boots from Cycle Gear. My first set were the in-house Cycle Gear boots, and they were not good. They have different house brands, you know. Yes. So that's, I bought the Sidichi. They're nicer house brand. I know they have three or four now. They've increased their volume of house brands. Um, but I bought those and just within a year was not impressed. After my first winter, they were very much not waterproof and starting to fall apart. You're not sponsored by Cycle Gear, are you? I'm not, no. <laughs> Nonetheless, if you only rode fair weather and not that often, they would have been fine for the money. The protection was there, but they were not They were not of the long-lasting quality. So I went and talked to them about it, and they basically gave me, because there's warranty on that and there was somewhere to go with it, I got store credit to buy some good TCX boots that I very much enjoy and still wear. They've got 20,000-plus miles mm-hmm. on them of four season riding mm-hmm. and they're still waterproof and fit great and comfortable and have mm-hmm. plenty of tread and life in the leather and the, the sole. So having that in-house place to talk to and learn my lesson and go back and replace was worth it there. If I'd have gone online, getting a warranty and figuring all that out with Sidichi would not have worked as well. But they had good customer service, didn't they? They did. Not all brick and mortar stores will do that, will they? They won't. That's fair. Most of them won't. That's fair. Cycle Gear does a pretty good job with that. Yeah. Especially their in-house stuff. You can kind of get the chance to figure out what you like and either go with it or switch it out for something else. So I think that's part of the reason why the brick-and-mortar stores are not successful. I think that's where the internet companies are beating them, as with customer service. They have to. You sure. get something doesn't fit, you're not happy with it, you weren't able to see it before you bought it. Well, there's lots of different areas of customer service. There's one would be their knowledge and expertise. Second would be, as you pointed out, being able to go and talk to somebody about a return. Third would just be over the actual product itself and what you're getting and differences between one brand and another. So there's a lot of differences there, and some of it's online. But is some of that wanting to go online, even though I don't really think of that as customer service. I mean, I have to go and send it. I have to do a lot of stuff. I have to go down to the post office or I have to get a label. I got to put it in my box, right? As opposed to one thing that I love about retail is just being able to go there the next day, that day, get the part and go home, which is probably the biggest thing for a brick and mortar that I appreciate is when I need something, I can get it today. But customer service is probably my biggest complaint in most cases for a brick-and-mortar store is I want to go in there and I have a part number and I leave. But not all of them are that way. So what is it that makes a good brick-and-mortar store that you want to go to regularly? So I will go to different brick-and-mortars for different reasons. And I would almost say that there's three general categories of what you're going to buy, whether it's online or brick and mortar. You've got your apparel, your gear, right? Whether that's maybe not apparel, gear is probably a better word, bags, helmet, jacket, whatever that is. You've got your parts and you've got your accessories. Those are kind of your three major categories that you're going to buy for your bike, right? And so, you know, there's, I, I mentioned them before, but Motoko and Washougal for parts and some accessories has a very good selection or can order anything from any of the general catalogs that any other dealer, right? MGO or Cycle Parts or all these, you know, national and international retailers that they can get these parts from. But the customer service there to be able to get that, if it doesn't work, he'll keep it. Or the other one and keep that in-house to sell the next guy. That customer service for parts and accessories is good. But the gear options there 
are pretty limited and or just high end. Right? He's got a few helmets, but it's the top of the line helmets and I'm not racing. I don't necessarily need the highest end Bell motocross helmet. Right? I'm just trail riding. I can live with a mid-grade or even a low cost. So I won't go there for gear. But, you know, there's other stores. Beaverton Motorcycle I found to be a great resource for gear. They have a lot in stock. They have good customer service generally in the back there. I was able to try on different shoe sizes, different, uh, you know, for motocross boots, different helmet sizes, things like that. And their pricing was not dissimilar because I think that's another big topic is the price difference from brick and mortar to online. What do you think, Dennis? How about tires? That's a good question. You've got me hooked on a local shop. And I found that they are actually often better priced than online. Mm-hmm. I don't know how your local guy is doing it. And it's not your local guy. It can be anybody's local guy. But uh, I will say that when you turned me that direction, I found them to be the best price in town. By a pretty fair margin. <clears throat> yeah, it used to be that I bought all my street tires there. And I would buy my dirt bike tires online because you could get them cheap. And I put them on myself. Because dirt bike riders are supposed to be able to change their own tires. <laughs> That's right. Otherwise, you're not a dirt bike rider. Even though it's a pain. <laughs> and uh, so lately, I've gotten away from that. And I don't have time to, or at least I tell myself, I don't have time to change my own dirt bike tires. So I started taking it up to our local dealer up here, who has always been more than happy to change our tires for a nominal fee. Sure. 25 bucks, which I would happily pay. Although now I'm hearing that uh, they will not change the tires if you didn't buy them there. So, uh, and I'm not, I'm not averse to buying them there anyway, as long as their prices are fair. Competitive, sure. It doesn't have to be the cheapest, but as long as it's fair. So, it's, uh, I may try the other guy in Vancouver, Bent Lever. Yeah, now you sent me to Bent Lever, and for I will say... tires, I'll, I may try him for dirt yeah. tires as well. For the Scrambler, it was, for the tires I wanted, by far the best deal. Yeah, and I may try our local dealer here as well, because Rob says he gets his tires up there, and they price match. Okay. So, that's, that's a very convenient location for us as well. The local, yes. I will yeah. say that they will get my business from time to time because of location. I don't know that it's my favorite place to go over here. Yeah. customer service wise however i'll say the parts department's always been more than charming yeah when i've been there with you talking to them actually they've been pretty good it's always the pay desk it's a bit different depending on who you get okay but i've never had a problem in the parts usually but, there's a bearded guy back there and i can't remember his name yeah that has always been very helpful friendly he has a lot of experience yeah knows and, what he's talking uh, about yeah uh, the pro- my problem with that parts desk is there's always a line. They've got people on the phone yes, that are waiting constantly, and then there's usually someone at the counter who's being helped. So you gotta wait a long time. I'll say one of the things that and we all know Rob, but I told him we were he wanted to come join us, but wanted to, for me to give him a, give everybody his ten cents on the on the subject. He said he's a big fan. He will split his purchases online or local, and his local dealer is the KTM, Gresham KTM. Uh, where he got his bike, so he's partial to them. But he said there's a guy, Jeremiah, he specifically called him out there, that knows his stuff. And he'll go there, especially when things aren't working. He'll try an online purchase, and the oil will work funny. He's got a recluse clutch. Oil will work funny. This is a specific example he gave me. Didn't work, was grinding, making noises. So he talked to Jeremiah. Jeremiah said, no, 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 no. I know that's what they say you should use. Try this. And I don't remember what the answer was, but... Gave him some other oil option and instantly, smooth, quiet, it was the right answer. So, kind of for similar reasons that we're talking about, if you get somebody knowledgeable in the parts department, then, you know, your chances of having success, somebody that's been doing it for 20 years plus, has that experience, really you're going to have good success in getting the right parts because they know what they're talking about. They've tried a couple of things or they keep good enough tabs with their customers that they've heard their customers try enough things. They know which direction to go. But he also recommended, just as a side note while we're talking about it, so I don't have to bring this up again, Rob also mentioned the uh, Dirt Bike channel on YouTube is his go-to oh, online yeah. customer service talks resource. about them all the time. Yeah, he does. And I hadn't, till really till today, till he put me that direction, he was, uh, yeah, he was talking about pretty heavily, and it's 
pretty good. And I would actually go along those lines to say that Revzilla has pretty good reviews on their parts. I will They do a very thorough check on anything that they have a video on. I've been partial to, to checking those out uh, if I purchase theirs. So, you know, to your point, I will agree that the online retailers have really found a good way to simulate good customer service. Simulate? Well, I mean, because you're not talking to anyone. You're not. People like to research. You're already on your phone. It's so easy to keep clicking, clicking, reading. I didn't have to talk to anybody. I could just keep reading. I could negate what somebody said. I wasn't going to hurt anybody's feelings by clicking next or pushing the back button or whatever the case is where you kind of, it can get a little bit weird sometimes in some uh, retailer stores. And and for me, the majority of where I've purchased uh, parts has been um, like brick and mortar auto, auto parts stores. And you get in there and you, and some guys are really awesome. They have really good experience and they know what they're talking about. And then others just know their parts. And so you don't get a lot of additional benefit talking to them because they can find and they know what an alternator is or other things. But if you're trying to do anything custom, you're not going to get a lot of value out of that conversation. Sure. They're not going to be able to tell you whether this uh, tool is how much better it is or how it differs compared to another tool. Whereas Rosilla, they're just trying to put it out and... This is, this is what we have. This is what we thought of it. And each one has their benefits and cons or whatever the case may be. And that, I think that's what's fair. I see a lot of motorsport does the same thing where it's very much a pros and cons. Both in the reviews that they allow, they want people to point out the good and the bad. And then in the videos as well. And motorsport has a handful of them too where they've got the same thing that you end up with a good review that's fairly impartial. Right? Here's, well, you know, shoulder padding we would buy the extra $50 upgrade kit, which then puts it in a higher price range and you may not want this jacket. You could go with something else in that mid-range price that has better pat. You know, they kind of point that out, that this, you know, the things that aren't ideal, mm-hmm. as well as those or things you're that paying make it better. Or you're paying this premium for a lighter plating yeah. or whatever the case might be. Yeah. So you end up, yeah, you end up with a pretty impartial review. But along the lines of, you know, going somewhere and having custom and, and knowing what, you know, having somebody who knows what you need for your vehicle, how does that relate to your brick and mortar relationships? I mean, I, I think of that and I think of you just dropping off your engine over at Don's. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I don't think your reason for picking Don's specifically was that you knew that was the best place, but to create kind of a relationship for any more engine work, correct? Right. I mean, he, I'd been referred to Don's by a couple people. Dennis, uh, I believe, had mentioned it as well. And then I talked to another. A uh, guy that has a shop out in Welch's, and he said that he was using Dawn exclusively. And I like how close it is that I can drop off and pick up on a lunch or a quick break from work and be able to have that communication and community and then potentially work on projects in the future. So I, I have projects that are old school or older, right? So I've got a 74 Ford pickup and I've got 49 GMC and things may come up that I need a machine shop and I need somebody that knows that product, not just what's out there and that's new. So if you need to open up some oil passages or whatever the case may be on a big block Ford pickup, right? It's valuable to go to somebody who knows what that means and they just run with it and you get exactly what you wanted without having to go, this is how big you need to drill out this hole and then now all of a sudden your bill goes up as well, right? Because they're having to do something that they've never had to plan out and it takes twice as long or however long to be able to get your product back. Well, not only that, but you you could trust his judgment. Can they, I think basically you took your heads up there and says, you told him what happened Yeah. and you expected that he would probably know what to do. Right. Without you having to tell him. Sure. And he did, right? He'd say, I recommend that we do this. Yeah. And then the nice thing about the shop is he's like, well, you could, do you want a pressure test? I mean, obviously my issue wasn't a, a, a split head or anything, but so he wasn't just going to immediately do something that it might not need, but he wanted to make sure, I mean, do you want to do this? And for me it was, yeah, I just want to absolute sure there's no problems whatsoever. I'll spend the extra 40 bucks or whatever it is if you pressure test the heads as well. And so... It was good. I, I had a really good experience going to Don's here locally. That's a good point. For me, I, I want to have that good relationship wherever I go. And I, and I want to be able to have that rapport and be able to talk to them about things and not have them second-guessing what I'm doing there, right? Just be able to go in and feel comfortable. I mean, some of those small shops, I I don't 
enjoy, I will enjoy looking at the new bikes of the big shops because the options are almost limitless, right? You can There's look at every single 100 bike. new bikes sitting out there yeah. and you can enjoy that and see them all and, and so on and so forth. But, you know, I, I, Motoco is such a small shop that if you show up with a bike, he wants to come out and look at it, right? The owner wants to come out and see what you're driving, what you're riding, see what you got going on. He point, I showed up with, with my old IT one day before I broke it down to, to, uh, work on it. And he was going off on, you know, service adjustments that I should go home and make. Not, Hey, drop it off and we can get that thing running good. But Hey, you're, uh, you know, your brake lever, you should take that apart, readjust it. You could probably get a better bite on that. It's probably not that you have bad brakes. You just need to adjust that lever. Things that I just was new enough into those old drum brake yeah. bikes. Oh, I'm sure he would have done it. If I didn't. Yeah. And if to, I said, I, I have awesome. no idea what you're talking about, right? Yeah. Then he knows I'll drop it off. But nonetheless, he's like, oh, you go home and do that in five minutes. Like, I'm not trying to get your business on that. I want, if you, when you need brake pads, I want you to come back and buy them and so on and so forth. But he's got enough work because he's an honest, good guy. Mm-hmm. He's not trying to force and pretend work upon you. See, I think I've heard, I'm not sure. I don't pretend to be an expert. Not all the time, anyway. But <laughs> I've heard that in, in a lot of these shops, it's the service department that keeps the doors open. They don't sell enough parts and accessories to do it. But right. it's the service department that does it. And I don't think that's ever going away. I think there's always going to be people who will pay someone else to work on their bikes as long as that guy is good. But I tell you, you have to have a good environment. I have to feel like I want to be there. It's it's not just go in there, and I know they do great work, but I hate dealing with them. Every time I go in there, they make me feel like an idiot or whatever oh, yeah. the case is. I don't want that. you got to have a certain environment as well. And, and I don't know all the different ways of doing that. One is what you see when you're sitting in it, and then how they talk to you and what you receive at the end of the line. Do I feel good? Is this like a community? I think that's one of the things that I appreciated about a brick and mortar is the the community feel i can go in there i can talk about gear i can talk about different rides that they've been on where they've been and it's all places that are relevant to me because i live in the same area or it's within reach and then uh be able to get the parts that i need when i need them right then instead of waiting for a week to come in but i'm gonna age myself here but you guys missed the heyday uh oh before the internet that's exactly what motorcycle shops were Mm. It was a hangout. Well, that's, I mean, I grew up riding dirt bikes as a little kid. And we spent a lot of, there was an, I don't know if it was called the Aloha Motorcycle Shop. But in Aloha, Oregon, there was a little shop over by the dive shop. The dive shop, I, shop, I think, has survived, but the motorcycle shop did not. But it was, yeah, a small building, right? No small, no bigger than like a two-bedroom house. Little building off of a side street that, yeah. Sold three or four bikes on the lot at any time, but basically was Motoco, right? Was a shop that just did service, right? You could bring your bike in. If you wanted a new bike, they could figure out how to get you on. But you didn't go there to play in the show showroom. You went there to look at parts, accessories, or get your bike worked on. Flip through the catalog. Yep. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. And I know they've tried to recreate that atmosphere, especially at some of the larger dealerships. Okay. Like the Harley dealership and the BMW dealership, they've tried to create space with a coffee bar maybe mm-hmm. some snacks some viewing windows you can see them working on the yep. bikes maybe yeah. some racing on the tv yeah yeah and uh and encouraging people to meet up there for the rides before they head out and uh i think that's a a, a good idea and a good model i don't know how successful it is i think it you know that community uh, for the brick and mortar that are motorcycle sales facilities i see you know they're they're fighting for the next sale right when they do that they're not they don't care if you buy today they just want you to keep coming back and that day you are ready and your kids and all these people you've ever brought right they're fighting for those future sales they're building that legacy i don't know how successful that is for them but i you know i i spent a lot of time at cascade moto in beaverton which is a fairly for being the number one triumph dealer i don't know if latest is taking that or not but they're pretty competitive now. But for being at the time the number one dealer for for uh, Triumph in in Oregon, at least they're really small. It's not a big facility, but it was very much you know a little sitting area in the corner, racing on. They have 
two racing arcade games that are free to use. If you go there, you can basically hang out. They have parties there all the time, monthly, two or three rides a month. It's very much a community event, not just a dealership. I think and the big thing is low pressure. Yep. Because that's what you get online, right? Mm-hmm. I don't have to make a purchase, and I'm not going to hurt anybody's feelings. There's no face associated with that. Nobody's continuing to put to ask me, what yeah. if, do I need anything? I mean, yeah. there's other things that are on the screen that are doing the same, but I can ignore them without worrying about how I'm going to make somebody feel, right? And so some of my favorite shops around here have been ones where you just walk around and maybe they'll say hi, but they're not going to be over your shoulder. And then all of a sudden telling you about every bike that you're just looking at, right? Or you should get this or whatever the case may be. I mean, the, the legs, you go to any of those monthly rides at the Triumph dealer and it's, it's guys that have bought five bikes in a row from them because mm-hmm. they like hanging out with that shop. Whether they wanted a Triumph or a Yamaha or a BMW, those are the guys they hang out with on the weekend. They go to the shop and spend time with the salesman. Yeah. Right? They go to breakfast every other Saturday as a club with the salesman there. Right? And the salesman always brings whatever the fanciest thing on the lot is to come and show off at the breakfast. Right? Mm-hmm. But they're not selling it. They're just showing it off and riding it and revving it out and having fun. Mm-hmm. And it makes it a community. You know? And Atlantis is really working on that both... Used to be very heavily on the Tri- or on the Harley side, and they're now getting a lot more Triumph stuff going on. Mm-hmm. Carl's Mystery Ride and things like that have really increased their Triumph community outreach. We'll call sure. it. Um, but I don't know. I, I've been to you know our local dealer, at least big time dealer, is the uh, the Pro Caliber up there, and it feels a little car lotty. Yamaha Sports Plaza. Well, we've got that here. Oh, oh, you're but we got Pro Cal up on the other side of the oh, river. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're, you know, it feels a little car lotty. I get there and I, I feel like there's a salesman hovering over my shoulder. It doesn't feel like, you know, they do rides, they do demo days. They're very well renowned in the manufacturer world because the manufacturers go to them. They are owned by a major car. But, yes. <laughs> Understand. Yeah. But it's very much, you know, they, but so was uh, Moto Corsa. Yeah, but it was. I think Motocorsa was more dealt with hands off. But was was yeah, managed more, more in a much yes yeah. because of certain management people yeah. that took over and took it as we're going to build a community. We're not going to run this like the high end car dealership. Yeah, it was apparent, wasn't it? Yeah. Whereas I, you know, I go to ProCal and it's like I have to immediately tell everyone back off. I'm just browsing, and then I can get some time to look at bikes. Yeah. But there's two or three guys that immediately hover over like you just pulled up to a car dealer. Yeah. So, I mean, there is a different feel there, and it's not nearly as comfortable. I found guys in the parts department that are knowledgeable that I will go to there. I was able to get, you know, valve shims and different things from them that they're knowledgeable. They've got the parts. They'll pull them out of the parts to, or out of the service department to swap parts and do kind of the the affordable solution so I don't have to buy a kit of shims or whatever. But to get to that point in the back corner where I can have that real conversation that I'm looking for is a bit of, you know, swatting flies. To yeah. get there. Yeah, you got to run the gauntlet. <laughs> yeah. So, I I mean, it definitely gives a different feel. So, do you guys have shops that you go to? Do you have your go-to place? I buy most of my stuff online, to be honest. Um, I do my own work. So, I don't usually go to shops or dealerships. Uh, with the exception of uh, tires. Really? Yeah, I'm kind of in a similar boat. I buy a lot online. I do purchase locally, and I'll mix that up. Just whoever I want to go to at the time or whoever's nearby. One of the things that matters is when I'm going to shop locally. I want I, I want to support people locally all the time, but usually the price delta is uh, quite significant in most of those cases. But when I go in, I want to be able to um, get something now. Right, that's why I'm doing a local shop. I'm working on something on the weekend. I'm like, crap, I want to replace this hose too. It looks bad, and I didn't realize it when I was starting my project. And oh, looks like uh, uh, this place has it. I'll go in, check it out, and and I come in with the part number, and I tell them the part number. I don't even tell them my ride. I just say that this is what I want, and I leave. And and it's unfortunate, but it's because of all the conversations that I've had and the bad experiences that I've had. And I'm not. I'm not going in for that community 
event, but I think that there's, and, and I don't have a lot of great shops near me where community and that um, feeling and experience while you're there is important. So I think we'd have, we had a discussion about this a long time ago, and I think it's one of our uh, lost episodes that I don't think we ever published to anybody where we were talking about what was important for people to sell more bikes and be able to um, go through that. I think we should put that on the Patreon sometime if you still got it. Do you know which one I, we're talking about? I remember distinctly remember the topic. I don't remember much of the specifics, but I know we're, I mean, we've recorded 34 episodes and published 28, so. I know. There's a good but six But anyway, six all I'm floaters. saying is, is that, that I'd like to have something like that, and I would spend maybe a little bit more money and more frequently at a local shop if it had that. If it was like, I'm going to go in and OBS and, and get it done. But a lot of the times, I'm, I'm wanting to get back and get working on the project because I, I only got so much time, and I want to go home and just do it. And that's part of the reason why I planning online while I'm at my house, of course, and I live out of town a little ways, means that uh, I'm going to plan ahead for next weekend, and I want all my parts here, and then I'm just going to go out and do it in the shop. I don't want to have to drive around. That's fair. I mean, I, I have, and I, you know, I am not affiliated with Motoko, but I've mentioned them in other episodes. I found that to be a very reputable shop, and I've really enjoyed that Sonny, the owner there, is, you know, if, if you need real advice, they get him. He comes out. And he is not trying to hawk anything you don't need. Mm -hmm. He will not sell you something if you don't need it. He will advise you on how you can make a quick adjustment to save that purchase. Because he's got enough work, because other people have found he's a good, reputable guy, that he doesn't need to nickel and dime you for a brake job. If you can make a quick adjustment or bleed your brakes or switch out your fluid on your own, he'd rather not take the time to do that and get onto the bigger jobs he's got in the back. So, you know, I've enjoyed that honesty there. Uh, but I will say, yeah, I mean, ProCal was a shop I've been to many times and I, I don't know, I, I've never had that kind of conversation with them. Uh, a little bit with the, the parts guys in the back, I've been able to have a good conversation with, but otherwise it's a little too corporate. Um, some and maybe that's shops, what I'm burned up on is I, I can't, uh, I don't, I haven't been but, to a shop where I feel like it's awesome and I just want to go in there yeah, on my way home and visit. I, I think Addison has a unique... So near his home there that yeah and it's close yeah. that's the and nice maybe, part it's i'm sure there's three miles from home that are good well so that's I don't my know, maybe there's certain guys on certain days at the shops that we go to but this one by us i've never had an awesome experience there now other than just going in and not buying anything and not really caring in the northwest we have a weird i don't know if weird is the right word but they say keep portland weird so why not kind of a niche motorcycle shop slash coffee house slash hangout that is you know, twofold, right? We've got two-stroke coffee that you can get any part at. You can get parts. They were selling zero. I don't think... They, are they still selling zero I there? So. I don't know if they're selling bikes there anymore. Then you've got CC Motor Coffee, which sells bikes, sells custom bikes, sells parts, sells apparel, sells coffee, and is a KTM dealer. You know, so... And those are very much... And I haven't been to the CC KTM dealer I don't know. Have you been there at all, Dennis? Okay. No, it's too far. Since yeah, since, and I've been, but I've been to CC Coffee House a couple of times, and it's a very. I mean, it's basically just people hanging out that are either into motorcycles. I would imagine that a lot of the, a majority of the uh, the people there, probably don't have motorcycles and just like to see them around them while they're drinking coffee. It kind of right. comes off that way. Okay. That because of the location, almost downtown, yeah. you know, right there off Sandy, that. If you're passing by and want good coffee, you can stop in there and have a good vibe. Southeast Portland, they sell coffee, so they're going to do okay. <laughs> but that's what I mean, that it's it's an interesting... <laughs> but community-wise, they put on a lot of the stuff we see here. Right? I mean, the one show, the flat track race involved with that. Great events. They do, you know, they do, what is it, the Send It or whatever they call it. I'm sure there's a better name that I'm not remembering offhand, but they did a big skateboard slash motorcycle slash bike slash whatever you showed up with jump contest number of beer cans rainier beer that you could jump over that is branded for cc now right they, they had all kinds of events all the time they do something relatively often there that, that kind of builds that community um now it's kind of a very portlandy community a little less you know what you would probably see in the midwest or other dealerships throughout but uh you know to your guys point you know, it's not just there to sell motorcycles. They are creating an atmosphere. So, I, I mean, 
how does that relate? Have you, have you been to dealers? I've been to dealers. Whenever I go out of town I, and I see a motorcycle dealer, I try to stop by if I've got a moment just to see what they're doing there. And it's generally, I think latest has a very national brand feel to it. That's fair. It's probably one of my favorite ones, actually. Latest? Yeah. Okay. So far that I've been around. Not that I didn't like Pro Caliber by any means. And the times that I've been up there, one of the things that I really like about these dealerships is they do their um, ride days where they bring in the Indian or they bring in Yamaha and they've got their motorcycles there. And so you can go up and try it. I think that's awesome. That's one thing that you don't get from an online retailer is some of that promotion, at least sometimes they'll travel around the area and you'll get to see them. But, uh, but uh, yeah, for whatever reason, the, the lattice one seems like it's, it's actually doing pretty good. We've gone in there looking at parts, grabbing some different things. seems like it was low pressure. I've walked around there for hours. We went there during, what was the event that was going on? Uh, when we got back from our ride, swap meet. They just had a big swap meet yeah, outside. Big swap meet. Yeah, it was it little was good. swap meet outside, but a swap meet outside. I think it was kind of closing down by That's the fair. time we got there, but <laughs> but still, um, yeah, I, yeah, I agree that they they seem to be doing doing all right. Have you been to another one somewhere else? I mean, I've been. So when I was in Charlotte, North Carolina, I stopped in at a Triumph. Uh, man, it had all kind. Of, it was one of the little three wheeled. Uh, they look like classic cars with three, vo- no, not Voxel. Um, anyway, Vanderhall. I don't know if you've seen the Vanderhall vehicle, but it's, it's a slingshot that's more styled, less transformery and more classic car-like. Really? So they're kind of cool. Um, and then they had the, uh, another form of that that was based off of a Harley V-Twin. Hmm. It was a little trike car, you know, two up front, kind of a vehicle. But it was this dealership that had the BMW Triumph and those two three-wheeled vehicles i stopped in there uh just for fun one day when i was in charlotte it felt very a little smaller facility but very much same vibe couches in the back some apparel some bikes very much like mm-hmm. latest motors um i've stopped yeah, i've been to the dealer in vegas a couple times okay. uh, one you know out of both High necessity roller. and and saving well both for the same bike but for two different occasions and it felt very much like Latest motor, you know, I think that kind of slightly dark lighting with bikes laid out and a couch in the corner with apparel by that is kind of the new norm yeah. for a lot of these national dealers. Yeah, you know, I would, again, I'd say ProCal is a little bit clinical. It's just a big showroom with bikes. There are some couches in the corner, but it's set up a little differently. It's kind of weird, too, that it the has The Indian dealership areas. is very normal to, the, like, these other ones. If you go into the Indian side... Oh, sure. There's some styling on the walls and an attempt to make an atmosphere. But the other half of it is very much clinical walls. Just metal walls. what do they have there? They have Indian, BMW... Indian, BMW, Cowie, Honda, Yamaha. Where do they have them all in there? I can't remember. I think they dropped Suzuki. But Okay. No KTM. Either. No KTM. Um, those are only a couple. Got to go to Rob's recommendation for that. Yeah, I I do the same that you do. If I'm traveling and I'm in a, another city and I have uh, time, then I will stop at the local dealer if I see one and uh, check it out. Just kind of see what they're doing or what they got going. Yep. It's fun to sit on bikes. Yep. Most of the time they aren't put out as long as you ask first. Yeah. And. uh just fun to check it out. Do you have a favorite that you've been to? Most recent one I went to was South Sound uh, BMW up in okay. Seattle area. That was cool. Yeah? Okay. Pretty low pressure. Just said hi. Very low pressure, yeah. Yeah, good. So, I mean, what do you guys think? As we kind of round out the hour, are the brick and mortars going to hang around? Or is... The online retailer at lower cost going to put the silver bullet in the brick and mortar. I think I agree. Service will continue, but we're talking, right? If you do your own service, that doesn't relate to you. I think what we have now is what we're going to get. This debate has been going on for 20 years or okay. since the internet was born. That was going to put brick and mortar out of business. Sure. And it has. Have it. It, well, has some, it has to some extent. You have to be very specialized, and it's taken a certain... Uh, they have to be a little bit careful now. 
you're getting something different, I would say, than you probably had 20 years ago. Yeah, you're probably right about that. And you gotta you got to have game mm-hmm. in order to stay in business now. So I think what we have now is what we're going to get. So you've got a, a lot of uh, owner-run shops like your favorite. He does a lot of service, and I think that's probably where Basically he makes all his service. money. Yeah. But he still does sell some parts and accessories for his favorite customers like you. <laughs> Thank and you. then you've got a combination like Cycle Gear, which is brick and mortar, but they have a strong online presence. Sure. So they probably make most of their money online. That would be my wager. I don't know if those stores are profitable or not. But for whatever reason, they're keeping them open, which is good because we have some place to go. I think that gives them the edge over the others where you can try on stuff. Right. And then still go order yeah. And then you have the dealers, uh, generally uh, motorcycle dealers who sell new motorcycles and used motorcycles, parts and accessories. And again, they've got that service department that probably keeps the doors open. And they'll they'll continue to sell parts and accessories to people who don't want to buy it online, like me. I have another friend besides you. What? If you can believe that. Uh. I can't. I can believe it. I'm just offended. <laughs> well, at I least have, he called you a friend. <laughs> that's true. It's more than most say. <laughs> he won't buy anything online. He refuses to buy okay. anything online. He'll always go to his motorcycle shop. He believes that strongly in it. So there's there's those people out there. So he's <laughs> still laughing about it. Yeah, Brad's right. <laughs> losing his mind. That's the first time he's ever heard anybody call me a friend. <laughs> He still can't believe it over here. He's incredulous. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, instant gratification is really important. I think that mm-hmm. uh, if you're talking about accessories and um, new equipment, not just replacement service parts, but you know, sparkle parts, especially being able to go in and touch and feel and walk out immediately, knowing that I can go install this after I just was kind of interested and got excited. I think that's part of what's going to keep some of these stores around in that I appreciate being able to go and see these things as well. Now, I can go home and I can order it, but there's also the chance that I won't order it. So, Don't you feel dirty doing that? Doing? I don't I don't think I'm the only Checking one that ever do that. I'm not saying you're the only one, but I can't I can't go and try on a jacket that's $10 more expensive. If we're talking a small delta, but no. a lot of the times it's not. And I don't know. For me, I don't end up buying a lot of accessories, but I'm going to go and go to a shops and check out stuff. And then maybe I'll go there in the future. I don't know. what What's making me come back? If I didn't have a good experience there and the environment wasn't right, what's, but, what am I losing out if I buy it online? You're losing. The, if everyone does that, they stop carrying that stuff and you don't get to go try it on next time. That's that's. That's fair. You know, I, I don't know. Because I, when it comes to sparkle farts, I find that a lot of the stuff I'm looking for is not commonplace. It's manufactured by a small shop somewhere. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, European made. It, it may not be something that you will just find sitting on the shelf of a dealer or even a more high-end parts, you know, care, cycle gear isn't high-end, but they're not going to have stuff like that. They're going to have your mid and low grade stuff on the shelf. You're not going to find your your good rhizoma stuff. You're not going to find a lot of that. You almost have to get that online these days. But when you're talking, you know, basic maintenance items, your lubrication, you want to go see what options are there for different things. You know, oftentimes you can find a deal at your local dealer or shop or things like that that is the same as yeah, the internet. I, I agree. Especially a lot, a lot of, of service parts I already either I already know because I've been researching it online and I'm going in to purchase that sure. item. I, I'm not gonna I don't do a lot of research at a shop. And there's something to be said about I don't know the so for me it all goes down to that relationship. Mm-hmm. That you're building that community of motorcycle riding. I, that's why I mean I've bought generic O rings for a car rebuild on the GL. I've bought things that I could go to Harbor Freight pick up a case of, and I did for spares later, because why wouldn't I have a whole case of O-rings? But at the time, I'd rather, I didn't need it that day, but I'd rather just go pick them up from Sunny. I'd rather go say, hey, you know, it's only a couple bucks, but I'm here spending a couple bucks. 
make sure that that relationship is there because there'll be a time I don't want to install a tire. There'll be a time that I don't have time to rebuild the forks. Whatever it is that having somebody who knows, hey, he comes in every once in a while. We know each other's name. I'm not going to, right? If I'm having a rush day, I'm not going to just spit this one out. I'm going to make sure I do it right. Having that relationship and that community back and forth, knowing when they're doing events and things like that, that I can then gain from as well. I think it kind of goes both ways. It's kind of the scratch, you scratch your back, I'll scratch mine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're going to scratch your worked. own back. We each scratch our own backs and then we both win. <laughs> <laughs> I think everyone gets what I meant. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, <laughs> we know I couldn't have said that any better. But they, you know, you, you end up with I think everybody winning a little bit. That I think if you, you know, if I just because I could get probably ten to fifteen percent off on these small parts from eBay and wait two weeks to get them, and I don't need them for most of my bills. I don't need them tomorrow, right? I don't. I could wait two weeks. But having them there, seeing the parts, talking to somebody who's held most of these parts going through the catalog, knowing it's coming direct from whatever source, right? Cycle Parts or MGO or whoever it is that has that replacement OEM part for that component. I think there's something to getting that from the menu, you know, from your local, your local shop. But I agree that it's not just any local shop. I wouldn't go to, I would rather buy online than go to a few shops locally just because I don't want to deal with the hassle and going back out there and, you know, maybe getting a phone call when they come in, maybe it taking an extra week to even be told they got it. You know, some of that, you got to find that shop you trust and and you work with, but I'm a proponent that you should support that shop. I'm not an angel. I don't, uh, you know, I I bought my helmet online. Revzilla had the helmet. I knew I wanted on the right deal. I had already gone through two helmets, so I knew the size that I should be wearing. Didn't require me abusing a, a mom and pa shop to try it on and then go buy it elsewhere. But, you know, I, gear, a lot of gear I buy online and a lot of sparkle farts I buy online. But for parts and, and replacement items. So 70 to 90% of what you purchase is online. I don't think it's that high. I would say it might be. It's easy to price shop and look around online. And I'm it not is. trying to call you, I do the same thing. It is. I would say the 70 90% of what I purchase is going to be online and then the rest of it's going to be at a local shop. And I do care about those local shops, but at the end of the day, my wallet needs to still have some money in it so I can feed my family. That's fair. That's fair. So Brad prefers the internet to his local shop. Buy me a good local shop? <laughs> Come on down to Wash Eagle anytime. Okay. <laughs> Is that where you stand, Dennis? Online? Uh, you sounds like you shop online all the time. Internet, yeah. Okay. Have you? When's the last time you drop your bike off? Last time I dropped my bike off? Yeah, for any work. Oh, years. Well, you can't drop your bike off online. I don't see how this has anything to do well, with... That, no, he's asking when I'm asking when the last time, the last time he didn't do his own service and he didn't just buy it online. Uh, Sounds like I, it's been a while. Yeah, I had it mapped. I had a bike okay. mapped, full exhaust was mapped about 12 years ago. Okay. <laughs> been a while uh-huh <laughs> all right fair enough i mean i guess i did the same thing i bought a kit a specialized kit with my exhaust for the triumph that was not a local base setup so i did it all myself for mapping and things there so i, I my point is that they the shops need to start kind of thinking through how they're going to keep people coming in because i think it's going to get worse i know you said it's been happening for 20 years but the big thing is is that those online shops are getting easier to shop they're coming up with better solutions for providing the advice since you can't go in and talk to somebody. So a lot of the things that we said that we want from a local store, they're providing. And I can sit on my couch that is comfy or my recliner or wherever it may be. And I could be at my shop even looking at parts and I've got the atmosphere. I could be hanging out with you and we can be chatting and I'll be shopping online, right? So that's one thing that the online stores are really getting good at. So what are the local stores going to do to try to get people to come in to increase that business because when we were talking about it we were talking motorcycles in general just motorcycles yeah. in that episode, purchasing a bike and that we know that sales are down on motorcycles i know we brought up you know vehicle sales right now for for cars starting to move into internet sales right you look right. at carvana and these other sites 
you don't have to go to a dealership anymore. You can now order a car online and have it delivered to your door. Mm-hmm. Brand new, used, whatever you want. And have the pick of the litter with legitimate, you know, analysis and good pictures to where you can be confident you're getting what you think you are because that site has shown over the years that they're doing it right. And I have a buddy with a, what, California scooter company, Electric Grom, basically, electric mini bike that he, you know, $2,000 delivered to his door. But the only thing you can't get is the service side. Right? I agree. And I think we that is are, right. We are in a, in a, in a group of people and it, and can be rather large for motorcyclists in general, but where we like to do our own service. We're going to do it. We enjoy tinkering with it. We, we enjoy that aspect of owning the motorcycle as well. But not everybody's in that same, same position. And some people would rather either they enjoy it, but they don't have the time. Or they just are like, it's easy. I can go and it's going to be ready for this weekend. And I can go and spend time with my wife, my kids, my family, whatever it may be. So the service side is going to stay around. There's no other way around it. You're, you, you can't, right now at least, click a button online and somebody comes over, fixes your bike, and you're done, right? It's ready for you. The last time I went to the local dealer up here, Yamaha Sports Plaza, to get my dirt bike tire mounted, yes. it was like... June, it was the start of riding season, right? Mm-hmm. The parts counter, because I had to go back there and get a tube, the parts counter was busy. Like I said before, he's got someone standing in front of me, he's got people on hold on the phone, and he's busy. The service department was full of bikes. They're busy. He said, I'll squeeze this in sometime today. I'll have it back for you by the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And so they're not hurting for business in that sense i think no. during the season off season are probably slow mm-hmm. but during the season you're right there's enough people who don't want to work on their bike or don't have time mm-hmm. and they let them handle it i think that's what keeps the doors open and the it also attracts people to come in the doors right and yeah. if you're in there and they've got bikes yeah i'll look around at bikes i'll look on the shelf oh while i'm here i'll buy this while i'm here it might be a little bit more i'm not too worried about it i don't have that's to right. worry about it right and the fact that the parts counter was busy, those people aren't buying their parts online. Mm-hmm. That's It's probably like you said, they need it today. Yeah. Do you have it? If you have it, I'm coming down to get it. Yeah. So they seem to be doing fine, at least from that one example. And I I hear this uh, through word of mouth talking to other people, too. If you want to get your bike serviced, you know, during the summertime, There's delay. good luck. Yeah. It's going to be three weeks or so before you get it back so they're uh doing okay yeah yeah i think they'll survive and i think you're right i think they'll be service-based the question will be if you can go and get your immediate parts yeah i just want right. to see them be i think with two-day shipping people back in it's all in how you do it and the creativity and, and the atmosphere and what you're trying <clears> to bring <throat> people in what your intent is if it's just to make a buck and you don't care how you get it, you're going to have a hard time getting people that are excited about coming in and, t- and spreading the word that I just went in and I spent five hours at this shop and it was I had a great time. I had a great conversation with Joe behind the counter and learned some stuff. And heck, I'm even going to go out riding with him next weekend or something, right? And, you, and I, I don't hear that a lot. Sounds like Sonny would, would be a, a great one. Sounds like Lots you've had of a, dirt good, rides. A, a good experience with him as well. I mean, he's, he's into dirt bikes. Yes. Yeah. If you want to ride it, if you want to ride up at, uh, at the Washougal Park, he's got something going on or, or hosting a track day or doing something all the time. Yeah. They've got end of season, beginning of season rides that they'll set up. He sets up little things, but with his guys that work there. It's kind of a thing that if you talk to him, he invites whoever wants to go. But it's not a, you know, big publicized Carl's Mystery ride that became, you know, no, the newest the, thing the, with the 40 people. The whole thing changes if you start doing that, too, I think. But, but. but yeah, it's, uh, you know... It's a good crew. Uh, that would be kind of my end comments, uh, similar to, to what Dennis is saying, that you know, they're, they're going to get service. If you want to do your own service, that's fine. But I still I think there is a lot of value in creating that, that relationship and having that community with your local shop, yeah. stopping in, talking to them. You know, find a good shop, right? You're going to go to some that if you're not buying $100 worth of stuff, they don't want to talk to you. And that's probably not the shop you want to, if you're doing your own service, you probably don't want them in your pocket, right? You don't want to work with them. You don't want to necessarily have that partnership because they're not going to want to deal with you half the time if you're going in for O-rings or you're going in for something simple. But you can find that dealer that or the service shop or motorcycle shop, your local guy, 
that can help you out. If you've got one, I'd, I'd say support it because that's, I think, what's remaining. As I, I see a lot more independent service shops doing very well at times that I will go to some of the bigger dealerships and see a relatively empty service bay. Mm-hmm. So, I, you know, if you've got a good service guy, he deserves to, you know, get rewarded for that. If he's doing good work, tell people about it. Get people in his doors. You know, make sure if you want to share on the Facebook page, feel free, jump Slacker Motor Radio. I'd love a string of, of service departments in each state that people can go to. When I'm out traveling and riding, should I have some issue? I don't have all my yeah, tools and I suddenly good. have a list on the on the site of somewhere in New Mexico I can go, then that would be great. You know, so feel free to log in and share any of the the good stories you've got. Is planning a ride to Mexico that you didn't invite me on? Yeah, why not? You were a friend. Yeah. <laughs> so far no, but uh, next year we'll be at uh, Moto America. He's back to only one friend and it's not you. <laughs> I'm, I'm out now. <laughs> Yeah, easy come, easy go. But uh, yeah, feel free to share uh, your thoughts and, and visit us on the on the Facebook page. Visit us on Patreon. Uh, we'd love to see you there and, and rate and review. We, uh, we appreciate all the new listeners. Uh, yeah. Ukraine is jumping up in the polls in California. Yeah, we California's got year-round riding. Thanks for coming and joining us today. That's uh, We really, really enjoy having you. Thanks for hanging with us. Thanks Next for week, me. I like your show. Thank you. We don't hear that often. Thank you. <laughs> but next week we're talking two-stroke versus four-stroke. You're more than invited to come back. And we'll have a, a bit of a, a rowdy bunch if all goes well. And we'll try to uh, make that a real heated debate. Very controversial. I know. It's going to be... We're going to have to put barriers between the, yeah. each side here. Yeah. You have to have, have them leave all their weapons at the door. That's right. We'll put a <laughs> sign on the gate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the one that's there isn't sufficient. No, okay. we'll put our own. <laughs> okay. Slacker motor radio, no weapons. Yeah. We'll post it right underneath, little one. Yeah. I may actually do this. Okay. Just for fun. But uh, see how long it takes somebody to say something. It'll be quick. Nonetheless, we appreciate it, everyone, and, and have a wonderful week. Enjoy the good weather if you've got it. Make sure you get some uh, some two wheel time. Until next time, ride on. Mm-hmm.